On a recent trip to Ireland, I was privileged to view what is considered to be Ireland's greatest cultural treasure, the Book of Kells, which is an illuminated manuscript of the four Gospels created around the year 800 AD. An illuminated manuscript is a manuscript in which the transcribers hand-copied a text in intricate calligraphy and included artwork in their text. Viewing the Book of Kells, I appreciated the vision that the creators of this illuminated manuscript were presenting in both written word and artwork. A vision of faith in Jesus Christ poured forth from the page of the Book of Kells, a vision presented by the elaborately scripted text and by the intricate artwork. This vision captures the reader and draws the reader to Jesus Christ. There is one author who refers to illuminated manuscripts as painted prayers. And I believe that these painted prayers offer a vision, a vision that is supported by both text and artwork. Vision is a powerful reality. In this yearly chrism mass, this mass is a vision of the unity of the church, a vision that as we join ourselves during Holy Week to the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we remember that we most proud, profoundly accomplish this union with Jesus by joining ourselves to his church. The unity of the church in this chrism mass is witnessed in our presence here together to celebrate the Eucharist, to bless and distribute holy oils, and to witness our beloved priest renew their ordination promises. This vision of the reality of the church nourishes our unity during the ensuing year, and it serves as a healing balm when disagreements arise among us. Vision is a powerful reality. In this chrism mass, as we remember the vision of the reality of the church, I take this opportunity to remind us of another vision, the vision that we forged together for our diocese. Our diocesan vision is of missionary disciples, enlivening our church parishes and building up the kingdom of God. This diocesan vision has been compiled, one might even say illuminated, through the vision found in our strategic plans of hope. This vision of who we are called to be as a diocese was forged in response to what we have seen and heard in our current experience and the current context of pastoral ministry and life today as a follower of Jesus Christ. And today, what is the context of pastoral ministry? What is our lived reality 
as a follower of Jesus Christ? In response to this question, I would like to use one of the books of Lewis Carroll to convey my thoughts. Lewis Carroll authored the book Alice in Wonderland and its sequel entitled Through a Looking Glass and What Alice Found There. In this second work, Through a Looking Glass, Lewis Carroll conveys in his fictional writing what we might feel through our own factual experience of pastoral ministry and faith life today. In the book Through a Looking Glass, after Alice steps through the looking glass or a mirror, Alice encounters a world where things are reversed. Just as a mirror reflects images in the reverse, Alice experiences the reverse of what she knows in the world outside of the mirror. In a similar way, there are countless examples in life today where from the perspective of the church, the values promoted by society seem over the years to have reversed. Allow me to present a few examples. To come to know how values are reversed, one need only recall the increasing disregard for the sanctity of all human life as witnessed in current efforts to expand abortion almost to the moment just before birth, as well as in the rise in racism, in racist acts, and in ever-increasing racial tensions. Consider as well the reversal that is the ongoing breakdown in family life and the ever-increasing, the ever-decreasing number of marriages as couples simply choose cohabitation outside of marriage. And thinking of how things are reversed, of course, we must humbly and truthfully own the scandals in the church, the suffering and sin brought about by some bishops, priests, and religious with regard to their action or inaction in response to past abuse by church leaders. Additionally, as we examine reversals in values, let us not forget the ever-increasing drive to ideologically, politically, and practically reject objective universal truth in favor of subjective experiences and individualistic thought in many ways. Among them, the God-given gift of gender and the distinction of being male or female. With all these reversals in society's values today, we might stand in great alarm 
wondering how these values have become inverted. However, to wonder how they became inverted is not as important as seeking to respond by bringing to these new realities the enduring truth of the Gospels, the wisdom and teachings of the Church, and compassionate hearts willing to listen and to lovingly respond to those who live in the confusion and storms of life in our current context. As we witness this widespread cultural reversal of values, a reversal from those values and truths we know as foundational to our faith, it can seem very dark. The task of reversing the reversal, so to speak, can seem daunting. The temptation can be to despair or to feel that it is too overwhelming. But we know that the Lord does not leave us alone. In Romans chapter 5, we hear, and I quote, where sin increased, grace overflowed all the more, end quote. This is the nature and reality of God. When we find ourselves in the darkest of situations, we must learn to look for and to expect God's movement. God is always laboring to bring us back to himself, to restore us to truth, and to bring unity and order. We must learn to look with right vision. We must learn to see where God is moving so that we can follow him and thus each become the living gospel. Our lives and our actions become the illuminated manuscripts and the painted prayers which reveal and illuminate the beauty of the truth of the gospel. Again, during this past year of crisis in the church, we have faced the awful reality of sin and seen how this reality of a reverse in values so deeply affects people and society. Over the past year of challenges for the church in searching deep within, I have had to remind myself that in challenging situations, I need to look for the faithfulness of God's movement and I need to follow him. God will never forsake or abandon us. And this past year, I have witnessed God's movement and God's grace in a way that has illuminated and brought to life even more profoundly the truths of the gospel. In response to the need for the reversal of reversal of values today, I again lift up one way I have witnessed God's movement and his response. It has been through our diocesan vision 
are strategic plans of hope, which has unified us, given us direction, and continues to call us to personally undertake all that is necessary to embrace the new evangelization as missionary disciples. It has urged us on to proclaim the gospel and to bring the person of Jesus Christ to an increasingly cynical and secularized world. I know, my brothers and sisters, that this task is not easy, and it can seem more daunting with the passing of each day. Again, I encourage us to look for and to expect God's movement so that we might follow him. I recognize bringing the gospel to situations today is a task that wears heavily upon us, but wears upon our priest in a uniquely heavy manner. My dear brother priest, I thank you sincerely for your continued commitment to the renewal of our diocese and for the ways we have continued to grow as a presbyterate. In you, my brother priest, I see God's movement. I thank you for your commitment as we grow in fraternity and collaboration. Thank you for your openness to depth and to going where the Lord invited us to go during our January convocation. I thank you for your continued efforts as we all face this daunting task of evangelization in today's climate and context. It has demanded that all of us learn new ways of doing things and develop new skills. It is stretching all of us and has meant a radical reliance on the Lord. My brother priest, you have courageously taken on this challenge to personal and communal growth in order to advance the gospel. I am deeply grateful for your courageous efforts. In you I have seen an illuminated manuscript as you have brought to life ever more fully for our people the vision of the reality of God who responds to our needs and empowers us for the task at hand. I ask that we honor the ways God is moving in our midst and remain ever more committed to Jesus Christ. I ask that we honor the movement of God that has united us as a presbyterate, and I ask that we remain united. I ask that you remain faithful in your efforts in the parishes to implement our strategic plans of hope. This is important to me. I believe this plan 
is the vision God has given us in response to these challenging times. And I ask, dear brother priests, that you continue to look to see God's movement in this regard. My dear brothers and sisters, faithful in the Diocese of Homotibido, I thank you for your commitment to the Lord. I ask that you open yourselves to our strategic plans of hope. I believe it is God's vision and response to our current needs. As the one who serves you as bishop, this is my vision. And I pray that it is also your vision, thereby enabling it to be our vision, our diocesan vision together. We are seeking as missionary disciples to bring about a reversal of the reversal of society's values today by bringing about a new understanding and willingness to embrace how we are called and challenged to serve the Lord as his missionary disciples today. My brothers and sisters, I ask you to be open to recognizing God's movement in your midst and to consider how God has been moving in our lives and moving in your parish communities. My dear friends in Christ, look for God's movement so that you might follow him. The vision of our strategic plans of hope was strengthened by the participation of our priest in the Good Leaders, Good Shepherds program, nourished by the participation of our parishes in the Disciple Maker Index, structured in the participation of parish leadership on parish implementation teams. And finally, the Diocesan Office of Parish Support has been established to drive and to guide our efforts to be true to our vision. Through wide consultation, prayer, and discernment, ours is a unified effort that I see as the response to where God is moving and calling us to follow him. In this way, we can say that God is gifting us with our own illuminated manuscript and our own painted prayers of the vision of hope for our diocese. In conclusion, let me state that this annual Chrism Mass does the following. Places before us the vision of the reality of who we are called to be as a diocese and as a part of the universal church. It feeds us with the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist to nourish us for the task. The Chrism Mass invites us to pray for our priest, and it provides holy oils for anointing to strengthen us all for the task of ministry. My brothers and sisters in Christ, as we enter now more deeply into the sacred 
triduum. Let us bring our hearts and our need for renewal to the altar of God and to our prayer during these days. May we see with transformed vision all that the Lord and this Chrism Mass provide us. What other need have we, apart from seeking to accomplish all these things and more together? May God make it so and gift our diocese with the most beautiful illuminated manuscript or painted prayer that the world has ever seen. May their beauty captivate and draw hearts back to Jesus Christ. Amen.